to the Seen and Not Heard podcast, the podcast that is your weekly dirty little secret, which is fine with me, as long as you keep it. I'm Melrose, your host, and this is season one, episode eight. As most of you know, the social media platform that I'm most active on is my Twitter, for a handful of reasons, but mainly because they're the only social media platform that's adult industry friendly unlike Instagram that deletes us constantly. I mention this because among my timeline of all the people I respect and admire, I came across a tweet that struck a particular chord with me. It was from at Sydney Cheyennes, spelled S-Y-D-N-E-Y-S-H-Y-A-N-N-E-S. And it said, this dude has been calling my bar to check the security cameras because he asked a girl to put her phone number into his phone and instead she Venmoed herself $2,000. Drunk bitches are genius. And yes, that tweet made me laugh, despite the tragedy that that poor man had endured. But the thread that followed it was really what I was taken back by. Everything that followed all had one underlying theme in common. Consent. Very quickly, women began commenting on the thread, saying things like, how do we even know that she did it? Maybe it's just another jealous man who has it out for her. We have to be careful when accusing women of an allegation like this. It could ruin her career or her future. This could follow her around for life. She is a family to take care of. Echoing what many women are told when they come forward with their own sexual assault stories and highlighting the fact that America has this cultural concurrence to distrust women. Another woman commented, Well, if he opened up his wallet once before in the past to spend money, why is he upset that he spent money here too? It's not like his bank account is pristine. Something women also hear as soon as they attempt to come out about their sexual assaults. Things like, did you see the photos that she posts on Facebook or Instagram? As if posing sexy is some kind of invitation to be sexually assaulted. As if women who are constantly sexualized, regardless of how we look, are somehow asking for it. Other comments rolled in on the tweet, things like, if he didn't complain in the moment, he wanted it to happen and he cannot complain now. And another, agreed, clearly a case of regret, no theft here. Just because he changed his mind the next day doesn't mean now he can just go and ruin this woman's future, disgusting. But the ones that really brought the point home for me was, I mean, he even gave her the phone and he didn't exactly say that she can't have $2,000, so, and the other. But what was the address of the bar? Who else was there? Did the woman record the visit to the bar in her day planner? Because just like sexual assault, it usually doesn't take place in front of a large audience. It's not usually provable, unless you can bring yourself to go and get a rape kit done immediately after. It's usually not something women ever bring themselves to tell other people. And if and when they do, so much time has passed that justice is just impossible to serve. Even in the rare cases that do go to trial, such as the case with Brock Turner, A Stanford college student who raped and attacked an intoxicated 23-year-old woman behind a dumpster 
and was only sentenced to six months in prison and three years probation. I don't consider that justice, even though she proved that it happened. I, I suppose I'm just not sure what people expect us to do. People who don't understand the shoes that we walk in or the lives that we lead. People with power who simply do not care because it hasn't happened to them or to anyone that they love. Or it has, and they just don't know it. I understand that it was wrong for this woman to Venmo herself this random bar patron's money. I agree with you. I just think it has a really valuable lesson in role reversal. Possibly one that men might be able to digest and understand more easily. Because just in case I haven't driven the point home yet, here's another Twitter thread that went viral. It was from Julius Goat at J-U-L-I-U-S-G-O-A-T, and it read, Hi guys. Imagine if one day you got kicked in the nuts really, really hard on purpose. You doubled over, felt the pain, nearly passed out, nearly puked. Then you got kicked again, and again. Imagine it happened to you when you were 12. Imagine it was a 38-year-old woman who did it. Imagine it was your mother's friend and business partner. Imagine you told your parents and they did not believe you. Imagine you never mentioned it again. You learned to keep quiet about it. You learned to be scared. Imagine that later, your father explained that women just wanted to kick men in the nuts. So as a boy, you just needed to be careful. Imagine he had a very detailed practical advice to give you on this. Imagine you started spending your life planning on avoiding being kicked in the nuts. Imagine you became aware that women, including much older women, even elderly women, were always looking at your nuts. Women on the street would follow you. They would tell you what a nice package you have. They would tell you you would be hot if you just showed it off a little more. Imagine you started wearing clothes to hide yourself. You bought uncomfortable, protective gear. All the posters you were exposed to in advertisements and magazines always featured men's crotches and frequently not their faces. Women's feet in these magazines were frequently featured in prominent juxtaposition, a position that looks like a woman's about to kick. Imagine most of your friends all told you about getting kicked in the nuts. Imagine none of them had ever told anybody else. Imagine all the older girls at school would make jokes about kicking you in the nuts. Imagine all of the laughter. The jokes are all so funny. Jokes. Imagine you went to church and you were told that God made girls want your body so you should protect your nuts at all costs. 
Imagine, the minister said, that it was your responsibility as a maturing boy not to do anything that would make girls want to think about kicking you in the nuts. Imagine you found a girlfriend and you loved each other. Then one night you were fooling around and she kicked you as hard as she could in the nuts and it all came rushing back. Imagine that she acted like you obviously wanted to be kicked and then mocked you for getting emotional. Imagine you told the police and then they ask you what you were wearing before she kicked you in the nuts. Asked you if you had had anything to drink. Asked you what you might have been doing beforehand. Had you been kissing? Naked? You had? So you leave. Imagine that there were laws that said if a wife kicked her husband in the nuts, it wasn't assault. Imagine that you heard about men with ruptured testicles who had to pay for their own forensic reports. Imagine you saw statistics showing only 1% of kickings resulted in a conviction. Imagine a girl was caught kicking a boy repeatedly in the nuts while he was passed out drunk. Imagine that the judge let her off because she was worried about the damage to the girl's future prospects. That girl was a star swimmer with a scholarship. Imagine if one day men all started talking about how almost all of them had at one point or another been kicked in the nuts. Imagine if women's main concern after hearing that was what false accusation might do to their reputations and whether this new honesty might ruin the mystery of sex. Imagine a woman ran for president. Imagine audio came out of her bragging about making it a regular practice to kick men in the nuts without even introducing herself. Imagine she lost no support for this. Imagine she claimed that the men accusing her were liars. Imagine she said they were too ugly to want to kick. Imagine there had never been a male president. Imagine she was running against the first major party male candidate. Imagine that he had the experience and she had none. Imagine she won anyway. Imagine she supported a Senate candidate known for kicking young boys in the testicles. Imagine she nominated a judge. Imagine that judge was accused of kicking a boy in the nuts. Imagine that the accuser had to hide from all the death threats as a result. Imagine the man who had been kicked testified providing sworn testimony. Imagine that the judge gave a vindictive rant in response. Imagine he was derated for providing no evidence. 
Imagine if they looked for no evidence. Imagine the judge was given an op-ed to explain herself. Imagine that the president mocked the accuser in front of a crowd and the crowd laughed and clapped. Imagine that that judge was confirmed. Imagine that the deciding vote was a man. Can you imagine? Now imagine that being kicked in the nuts might result in you having to create in your body a genetic replication of the person that kicked you. And imagine that the judge intended to make sure you would have to carry it. Imagine that that was the reason she was chosen. I can't imagine women's rage today, but with this exercise while abstract, it helped me get nearer to what it had been. Be kind to women, guys, today and every day. And if you see somebody being cruel to women or abusive or violent, kick them in the nuts. That's deep, right? Despite all the political positions, and even though it does take a political aim at some things, it still stands relevant and valid. It paints such an accurate and terrifying picture of the world we women live in today. We, we don't have to imagine. We are living it. I have lived it. My sister-in-law shared an article from the HuffPost a while back that spoke about a powerful art exhibit called What Are You Wearing? It featured shadow boxes on all of the walls of clothing that women were wearing when they were raped or assaulted. Because one of the immediate questions we're always asked is, what were you wearing? The captions next to the clothing read things like, khakis and a dress shirt. I had to give a presentation that day to my communications class. They took my clothes at the hospital during the rape exam. I'm not sure what happened to them. And my favorite yellow shirt, but I don't remember what pants I was wearing. I just remember being so confused and wanting to leave my brother's room and go back to watching cartoons. It's amazing that anyone can think or believe we should hide ourselves from the world because men simply can't help themselves. That they have some feral instincts that disallows them to abide by laws or morals or simple decency. Another argument women get is, why can't you remember all the details about what happened? When I guarantee majority of you listening would probably have trouble remembering what you ate for breakfast a week ago. One thing that has been scientifically proven by cognitive researchers who study how memories are actually formed during traumatic events is that fear and trauma enhances the encoding of the memory at a molecular level. The scientific consensus is that when being attacked, the brain is flooded with chemicals, including norepinephrine, which helps people remember whatever they are focused on in that moment. 
It is essentially the same phenomenon that makes people remember where they are and what they were doing when the planes hit the towers of the World Trade Center on 9-11. It was something abnormal, traumatic, and notable. Sexual assault victims can, sometimes, misidentify their attackers, but those cases are almost always attacks by strangers, where the victim has nothing familiar about the attacker to associate with. However, majority of sexual assaults, or attacks, are by people we all know and trust. For instance, I don't remember every detail about the day I was pressured into having sex with this one specific guy. I remember being on a date with him. I remember thinking things were moving a little more quickly than I was comfortable with. I remember him lying to me and telling me we should go watch the rest of this episode upstairs in my room. And although I was comfortable agreeing to that, I no longer agreed when I got to his room and saw there was no TV in there. I remember the words he used verbatim. I did that for you. Now you should do this for me. I woke up feeling terrible, ashamed, and worthless. I hadn't been attacked. I hadn't been assaulted. I hadn't been raped. But I had been manipulated, as so many of us are. You tend to remember certain things, but not others. I don't remember what I was wearing that day. So I guess that means it never happened, right? Then there was a the time that I drove down to a college that a few of my friends were attending. I had just gotten out of a relationship and I wanted to have fun with my girls and let loose. We drank heavily that night because they wanted me to have the full college experience, something I wasn't getting back home at community college. So they duct taped a bottle of wine to my hands until I finished it, which was fun to say the least, but I was blacked out before we even left the house to go to the bar that night. I had vague memories of flirting with this one guy, a friend that I'd met from high school. I vaguely remember kissing him, but the next thing I know, I was waking up in a place that I had never been to. With my shirt down around my waist and what I deducted was semen on my chest. I had no pants on. I heard talking and when I sat up, I saw my ex-boyfriend's friend getting dressed. Wiley talked to another guy from my high school who was standing in the room telling him to hurry up that they had to go. This was a friend that I would have thought I could trust to make sure I got home with the girls okay. A friend who wouldn't have stripped me naked and assaulted me while I was unconscious. A friend who claimed that he had no memory of what happened either. So that meant, and I quote, nothing happened. And then, there's the worst one. I was babysitting for a family friend so that he could take his girlfriend, a new mom, out for a night on the town and so that I could make a little money. I played with their beautiful baby girl all afternoon until she was ready to go to bed. 
Then I proceeded to clean their entire house before I fell asleep on the couch, curled up next to a baby monitor. Next thing I knew, around 2 a.m., they were home. I could overhear them commenting on how great the house looked as I faded in and out of sleep. She quickly went to the back bedroom and got ready for bed. I heard her close the door gently in an effort not to wake her daughter. Then, I was awoken by him. He was someone I trusted, who had treated me very well up until that point. He was someone my mom and my family respected. Then he started talking to me, telling me at 14 years old that when I get a boyfriend, I should tell him to touch me like this as he proceeded to undo my jeans and fondle me. He went into detail about how everything he was doing while he was touching me, how he knew it felt good to me. He talked about how if you rub yourself this way, you'll like it even more. This went on for about 30 minutes, but it felt like an eternity. I just laid there, frozen. I didn't say stop. I didn't say anything. I couldn't find my voice in that moment. But I knew that his girlfriend could probably hear his over the other baby monitor that she had next to her in their bedroom. I remember thinking that she was going to come out and be mad at me. She was going to think that I did this, that I wanted him, that I'd betrayed her somehow. I remember thinking that she'd tell my mom that I tried to seduce her boyfriend into doing this to me. And despite that, I just remember screaming inside my head, hoping that somehow she'd hear my inaudible cry for help. Because if she'd come out, maybe he'd stop. You see, that's what people take from you. They take your voice. They take your value. Your virtue. Your experience. They steal from you things that most of us can never ever have the courage to take back. And when some of us do, like Christine Blasey Ford found her voice just this past year, for example, People just beat all of those horrible feelings back into you again anyways. You're a liar. You were drunk. You were asking for it. You kissed him. So why wouldn't he think you were consenting to sex? You were dressed too sexy. You're mistaking him for someone else. I am not mistaken. When I told my best friend about what he had done to me, as she was the only person my mouth was able to give these words sound to, I wasn't met with a, oh no, I'm so sorry. Instead, I was met with, he did that to me too. 
she was not mistaken either. That man's daughter is now the same age I was when he assaulted me. He is no longer with the woman that he had dated at the time that this happened, but somehow he has full custody of their daughter. I'm usually a lot better about compartmentalizing things like this and moving on with my life. I really do try to see the bright side of things and live in a positive space. But when all that Kavanaugh stuff was going on and it was all over the headlines of every paper and every news segment, I was reliving it. We were all reliving it with all of our own stories. And because I was reliving it now as a 28-year-old woman who understands this wasn't my fault, who understands that just because a terrible person does something horrific to me, it doesn't mean I'm any less valuable or worthy of love. So around September of last year, I went to his Facebook page, which was public, only to see him post an internet meme about the Kavanaugh hearings himself. It read, and I quote, As long as women who accuse men of sexual attacks are believed without evidence or due process, no man is safe. I am not safe. Your husband isn't safe. Your father isn't safe. Your son isn't safe. Your grandson isn't safe. Your male friends aren't safe. Hashtag him too. I began reading comments from his fellow supporters that they were posting. One of them read, where is the evidence? The other, if it were true, why can't she remember how she got to or from the party in question? And then there was his very own follow-up comment. This world is getting very scary. To which I replied, yeah, for people assaulting women. I do not know a single woman in my life that has not been sexually assaulted, attacked, or raped. I do not know a single woman who knows a single woman who has not been assaulted, attacked, or raped. And I realize that these things do also happen to men. It is a very real, very true, and very disgusting, heartbreaking, and unforgivable thing. However, this is an epidemic that is overwhelmingly facing women. And the fact that less than 1% of these attacks are ever prosecuted or go to trial is absolutely fucking insane. I talk about things like this now with my husband. I explain to him how I don't know what to do if we have children and we have a girl. I will never feel comfortable with her sleeping over at a friend's house. I will never feel comfortable with her babysitting for someone, even if it's someone I feel I can trust. I will never feel comfortable with her attending a college party. I will also never be able to protect her. 
the way that so many mothers haven't been able to protect their daughters before them. This world can be such a scary one. I have the absolute most honest, open, and amazing relationship with my mother. She is my best friend. But I did not tell her this. Not until a few days ago, actually. And only because I didn't want her to be blindsided by this when she heard it on the podcast. But as soon as I went to explain what happened, she knew. And you guys never told us? No. We told each other. But... That's not good. Yeah. Had to happen when you were going over the babysitting. Yep. The reason I never told my mom was because I didn't want her to ever blame herself. I know my mom. She's 90% of the person that I am. We think and feel nearly identical on most things. And when I asked if I could babysit for some extra money, she agreed. I didn't want her thinking in some twisted way that she allowed this to happen to me. Because mom, you didn't. Just like it's not my fault that he assaulted me, it is also not your fault for not knowing that he's a predator. And it is not your fault that he misled you into thinking that you could trust him around me. It is not your fault as a parent that you couldn't prevent the evils of this world for stepping out of the shadows in my own life. Unfortunately, things like this happen to all of us. And all of us need to stop blaming ourselves for the behavior of predators. What happens to you is not your fault. And we are not only the sum of our experiences. We are not only what happens to us. Mom, please stop crying. I'm okay. I wish I could articulate what a day in my life is like, what a day in all of our lives are like. I think it can be summed up pretty easily from this list I found in a book by author Jackson Katz called The Macho Paradox, Why Some Men Hurt Women and How All Men Can Help. Katz, who is a prominent social researcher, does a specific exercise where he asks men and women what they do on a daily basis to prevent themselves from being a target of sexual assault. And then he compares their responses. Men always say, nothing. I don't think about it. And women reply with this. Hold my car keys as a potential weapon. I too have done this. Check the back seat before getting into the car. I too have done this. Don't go jogging at night. I too avoid this. Lock the windows when I sleep, even on hot nights. I too have done this. Be careful not to drink too much. I too am careful of this. Never put down my drink and come back to it. I too do this. Make sure I see my drink being poured. I too do this. Own a big dog. I too do this. 
carry mace or pepper spray. I too do this. Park in well-lit areas. I too have done this. Never use parking garages alone. I too avoid this. Don't get into elevators alone with a man or a group of men. I too do this. Watch what I wear. I too do this. Avoid wooded areas, even in daytime. I too do this. Avoid renting first floor apartments. I too have done this. This list goes on and on, but there were over 34 lines of things listed that women like myself consciously do on a daily basis to avoid being targets of sexual assault. Things that half the population will never have to do or understand. This is the difference between the realities that we all operate in. This is why survivors can't come forward. Because our society disallows it. The people in power encourage it. And the predators among us flourish in it. If you listening to this list thought at all, oh man, I do that too, I also avoid doing that. And whether you like it or not, you're a part of the Me Too movement. A movement that we need to keep in the forefront. We need to keep breathing life back into it and keep speaking out against it. Because all we have to fight this war with is our voice. And now is the time to use it. I'm Melrose, and this has been episode 8 of the Seen and Not Heard podcast. Huge thank you this week to the women who've led and publicized the Me Too movement. Women like Tarana Burke and celebrities that brought attention like Alyssa Milano, Gwyneth Paltrow, Ashley Judd, Jennifer Lawrence, and Uma Thurman. Websites like Rain.org for keeping accurate data and statistics on rape and assault like how 321,500 women ages 12 and up are raped or sexually assaulted each year, and how that number is a mere fraction of the real number because less than 60% of women will ever report it. Thank you to Avi Selk, a Washington Post reporter who covered the Kavanaugh hearings. Thank you to the Twitter users like at Julius Goat and at Sydney Cheyennes for tweeting about these issues and providing the public with an alternative perspective on them. Thank you all for letting me quote your great works in an effort to write and produce this podcast. Thank you for helping to give voices to women who are seen and not heard. Want to be an individual supporter and sponsor for the podcast? All you have to do is go to anchor.fm forward slash Melrose. That's anchor.fm forward slash Melrose and click support the podcast to donate whatever amount you want per month to help fund more episodes like today's. Next week on the Seen and Not Heard podcast. I never understood that my grandma was sick. My childhood recollection of her is such a happy one. She would play with me and my cousins. She'd create things with us, paint with us, play pretend with us. She'd also spoil us. We'd, we'd go on these shopping sprees for school clothes, or she'd buy me an entire new bed set when she visited. I didn't understand 
that she was mentally ill. I didn't understand what it meant to be manic depressive. I didn't understand rapid cycle bipolar disorder. I didn't understand why she tried to attack me. I didn't understand why she said all those horrible things about me. I just, I, I didn't understand.